1: This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com.
2: Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want
1: free beer? Go to the brewery.
2: Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt.
3: And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Luminous Brewhouse and Southern Recipe Small Batch. I'm Tim Dennis and with me as always is my good friend and co-host Brian Hewitt. Hey Tim, so joining us today we have Cooley Butler, owner of Luminous Brewhouse, and
1: Johnny Law, their general manager. We're going to talk about the history of Luminous Brewhouse, their creative process, and their flagship beers, and definitely their roasted Pueblo chili ale. Also, we're going to get into some hot pork rind talk with Don Paul from Southern Recipe Small Batch. Don, thanks for joining us.
0: Hey, I really appreciate it. You know, I Pork rinds are so versatile, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a good pork rind with a nice cold beer, that's
3: for sure. Pork rinds, you know, we are big fans ourselves, and uh, Southern Recipe has been nice enough to send us a pretty good selection of pork rinds here in the studio. Although, Don, I will say we're we're out of pork rinds right now. Just <laughs> exactly. our, tell, our tower of rinds <laughs> is tower empty. Tower of rinds are gone. But we do enjoy snacking on them here in the studio. Good protein, low carb, and having a good time. So, uh, yeah, we, we want to learn – more about pork rinds. And Don, I was told that your title is pork rind lover and marketing team member. Is that correct? Is that an official title?
0: You know what, it's, it is true. It, you know what? It, it, okay. <laughs> it's nothing wrong. It's, uh, and, and many people are undercover pork rind lovers out there because sure. they think, well, I don't want to tell people I'm eating pork rinds. Are you kidding me? You're right. High protein, half the fat of potato chips, a great Baking flavor, you know, and, and then, so yeah. And keto friendly. you you can't really beat all that. And keto is so hot right now that the product is just wonderful.
1: Did you you say half the fat of potato chips? I'm surprised by
3: this. Isn't that crazy? Fried pork skins. How about it? I would not have believed that. Don, I was talking with Brian the other day and I said, imagine the guy that first discovered pork rinds. Like he's got some pork fat and he's like, man, I need to make this a little more palatable. Maybe if I throw it in this oil. (laughs) <laughs> and it, it puffs up on him when he, he tries it just amazed. So, I'd be amazed. So maybe so. I'll, t-
1: if I turn up the heat now, it's like just with the oil. It's like, no, nah, not yeah. so good with heat. Up, ooh, with, better. With
3: heat, turn it up. some there, you know, and you talk about who's, who's eating pork rinds right now. So that's something I've lived in the South for uh, 25 years now, you know, n- nearly half my life in the South. And when I would talk to my friends, I used to live up in New York, live in the North pork rinds. They were looked at really as this redneck snack that you got now. I say that there are gas stations in Alabama that have entire pork rind sections. Yes, <laughs> so you know it's definitely I get where that stereotype comes from. But, uh, but as you mentioned, Don, they they've branched out now, and all kinds of folks are are munching on pork rinds, right?
0: Oh yeah, you know pork rinds. You're right; it goes back centuries, um, really. That old school, but what we have is better flavors and things like that. And we, and, you know, the keto again is very very popular this snack is taking over and people are kind of bored of of maybe different snacks out there but with southern recipe small batch we have these great robust flavors you know cream kimchi barbecue spicy dill and habanero uh, blackberry these are really robust flavors and that's what that keto you know is craving you know a keto dieter And, and it's changed it's not your granddaddy's
3: uh, pork rind anymore? This not your granddaddy. That's right, man. Now you know, I, I say this kind of joking, but seriously, when I first tried these pork rinds, you know, when uh, you guys reached out to us, I'm like, you know, I'm going to like them. They're pork rinds. I'm going to like them. But admittedly, I was I was impressed. I was like, these are legitimately very high quality pork rinds my personal favorite is the Korean kimchi barbecue so Brian I think yours I'm definitely I think the you're a spicy dill guy right yeah, yeah.
1: spicy dill and as a guy from the the west coast I kind of did look at pork rinds as well that's some redneck food sure right and
3: I so you ate them
1: yeah and I had them down here and I'm like okay these are good they're still kind of redneck food but they're good and these are these are cut above these are definitely a cut above
3: Brian likes to hide at home in secret and munchies pork rice. that's right or here a- in the studio actually the cracklets the cracklets the they do lunch, my yeah. absolute
1: favorite of all the yeah. fried various snack foods you can possibly eat is those that's cracklets. the ones right
3: yeah. yeah well don of course since uh, we are beer guys we're going to need to talk about pairing these with beer and uh, what i'm going to do we talk uh we talk about our beers of the week yeah. every week and the beers we're going to drink so i'm going to tell you a few beers that we're planning on one sipping on here. And how about you tell me which oh, Southern recipe God. pork rind is going to pair with that?
0: You guys are the expert. You, now you're, you're putting me on the spot. I should revert. You know what? I, I'm going to reverse it because I'm going to say something. You're going to like, you know, I'm going to throw okay. a okay. out a pork rind of flavor. and You tell me what will work. And,
3: okay. And, you you do. You tell me what you got. Then. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm going to start with the easy one because you know, it was mentioned spicy dill is a, a, a favorite. So, what about spicy dill? How's that going to work into it? I think, Brian,
3: I think you nailed it. You held oh, yeah. up a can. So this is one we did a little pre-gaming with. We have a Pipeworks Lager, which is just a light, crisp, easy-drinking lager, Pilsner, you know, something like that is really good. You know, I think we may get uh, Cooley. Johnny, how about you guys? What do you think for this? If we've got something, you know, like a spicy dill, what's a good beer style to pair with that?
4: Man, I think this is so this is Johnny here. So if I'm gonna be parent spicy deal, I'm gonna be looking for a nice, crisp, refreshing cream ale of sorts. Something that okay. really mellows nice. that out.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think right. that I think that'd be a good one. Here's so.
0: another one. Pineapple ancho chili. So we have a little bit of a uh, little sweetness from the pineapple, but it does have a little bit of kick. So the pineapple ancho chili. Now what do we talk? What beer?
3: T- you know what? I think an IPA might work with that. With the fruity, the the fruity notes of that, you may cut a little bit of the heat and fat with that. So, Brian, what would you pair with a pineapple Ancho? I'm going to go with a Belgian Wit on that. Okay, specifically right. that,
1: yeah, of of the various things. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the
3: wit with that little coriander, a little okay, yeah. I, I think All right. I think that's the way I would go with that, Johnny. How about you? How about some uh, pineapple ancho chili pork rides?
4: I got to say, we got a uh, killer pineapple white IPA on tap right now, and I would just have go, to, I would just have to
3: go with it. <laughs> I actually, I wish I had both of those in front of me right now. Yes, that sounds like they're <laughs> they're just meant to be together. There, it's a romantic song between the two. It of is them. It, it, beautiful. In Beautiful. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right. Now we have uh, sea salt and cracked black pepper. Now it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be uh heavy, heavy flavor. It's going to have more of that bacon flavor coming through. So now what are we talking?
3: So see in that, Nat, and of course I have had those, those are very porky is what I'm going to say. Where the other ones, you get a lot of the, the kimchi barbecue or that these, like you said, Don, these really do show off the pork flavor. So if I'm thinking of something, uh, let's see, you know what? I've got one, Brian. One of our beers of the week. Oh yeah, we have a Wild Heaven beer, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which is a smoked tomato saison. Perfect. And actually, I think that's that great. would go very nice with some salt and pepper pork rinds. I was actually thinking
1: I might even try like a Belgian double with that, just yeah. to see see how those things go. It seems intriguing, but. Or anything smoked, a rock yeah. beer would be yeah. awesome with yeah. that. But yes,
3: that tomato saison, yeah, that's go. I'm going with that yeah. too. Johnny, yeah. what you got for us?
4: Man, you know, I got a shout out at some good friends of ours down in Laramie, Wyoming, Cold Creek Brewing Company. They've got a killer smoke porter <laughs> that I just have to probably go through that.
3: You know, I think sounds good. We're all winners here with all of these, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. So Don, we've got uh, we've got a few pairing suggestions there, and I will say that it's your on your website, you have actually a nice chart with some more info, and uh, at that's at uh, southern dot com. Is that your correct web address, Don?
0: We have. Two different brands. The more okay. the, the SouthernRecipeSmallBatch.com is the more flavors. We got a lot of those bold flavors. And we get mm-hmm. a lot of millennials going after that because of the bold flavors. Now, SouthernRecipe.com is a little bit older. That's that more mainstay. We have original. OG
3: <laughs> pork rinds there, right? Oh, oh.
0: you know, barbecue, and the same high quality pork rind. Um, but so southernrecipesmallbatch.com, that's where you're going to want to look at the more of the robust flavors.
3: Good stuff, good stuff. And we want to say there's other cool things there, info you can check out. There's a pork rind appreciation day, Brian. There's all kinds of stuff going on, so check that out. And also, if you go to amazon.com slash southernrecipe, capitalize the S and the R, and that is important, and you use code BEERGUYS, you're going to get 10% off your order there. Stock up on your pork rinds and save some money there. So we really appreciate it. Don, thanks for joining us and talking pork rinds.
0: Hey, I appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be back right after this. It's time to take your snack back with bold flavors that complement your latest brew. Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds will do just that with flavors like Korean Kimchi Barbecue, Honey Chipotle, Cilantro Lime and more. Munch on these beer friendly bacon bites right out of the bag or crush them in your favorite recipes as a substitute for breading. Find your next bag at Kroger or go to SouthernRecipeSmallBatch.com for recipes and a buy two get one coupon. That's SouthernRecipeSmallBatch.com.
2: Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, poppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their tap room in Marietta, Georgia to taste and see. Also visit their barrel room for an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: The numbers all go to eleven. Does that mean it's louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't
2: it? Now back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back
1: to Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you missed the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular podcasting apps and unpopular podcasting apps. I'd like to throw that in. Now it's time for us to talk. With
3: Luminous Brewhouse. Luminous Brewhouse in Sheridan, Wyoming. Cooley Butler, Johnny Law. Guys, thank you so much again for joining us.
4: Heck yeah. Thanks for having us.
3: You bet. So did you guys get some good uh, pork rind info? I guess when things are a little more sociably inclined, maybe you can do a a pairing there at the Brewhouse, right? Yeah. We might have to
5: See, do that that that, that made me so hungry yeah. right <laughs> yeah
3: and we need some snacks here yeah I'll get, time. Some,
0: uh, I'll get some uh pork rinds i'll sell the roasted small batch pork rinds out there and you can do uh, have a fun uh, maybe it's a charity thing too
3: there you go awesome. have a good time with <laughs> it man have a good time with yeah. it well Cooley, we'll start uh, out here luminous brew house you guys uh how did you get started uh with a brewery um you know it's kind of an interesting story
5: uh me and my partner seth Orr were home brewers I was a home brewer since uh, the year 2000, off and on, and he was a brewer uh, probably since 2008, and uh, come 2011, we just figured it might be a good idea to do it instead of fun as as maybe a business. So we were essentially home brewers, and it it kind of started as a joke, and then we- (laughs) We accidentally started a brewery. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's it's it was kind of started as a joke and then it became
3: reality. So That's funny.
1: So you, did you do the thing where you started printing up increasingly more creative labels for your beers until people started thinking you Is were a brewery? On,
3: yeah.
5: <laughs> you know, uh it was kind of interesting because uh you know, initially so he lived just outside of uh Cottage Grove, Oregon, and I I have lived in Sheridan all my life and so You know, he would come over here and I would go over there and we'd brew. And it was just kind of one of those things. Our friends all loved our beers. Um, It was all tasty. And he was blowing glass for a long time and started to get back aches and headaches and vision damage. And he was really looking for something else. And I was, you know, kind of burned out in the gas industry here. And we just kind of figured, well, hey, let's give it a try. So, yeah, so we kind of looked around and found a spot outside in Cottage Grove, Oregon, and that just so much regulation and just such a headache there that we decided to look in Sheridan. And so we found a nice little kind of a unique place behind a restaurant here. And we just started with a, it started off with a one barrel production system and then with two barrel and then a four barrel. And that's where, uh, you know, it was kind of cool because we were doing so many different types of beer and just trying to see what the customers liked. You know, that, that's how we got kind of got started. It was just kind of an experiment thing.
3: You know, it's interesting that you say that about how you were homebrewers and you just said, you know, kind of let's go for it. We have a small brew pub here near us that the owner started it because they were brewing at one of the guy's houses and his wife told him he had too much <laughs> brew stuff, that he was taking <laughs> yeah. over too much space. <laughs> so they, long story short, they they opened a brewery as kind of their clubhouse. And, uh, you know, they, you go up there and they've said, they're like, we brew when we get a chance. If we're out of our beer, we've got some guest taps on and it's just a place for us to hang out and have a good time. That's like, you know, we're not looking to get rich. It just, uh, it's something for three friends to enjoy. I'm like, yes, not a bad way to go. Yeah, exactly.
5: And, you know, I was brewing at my house, uh, you know, about once a week or 10 days. And I just had so many beer stuff there that my wife started to get frustrated and, you know, I was taking over her stove and a few of the closets and all that kind of stuff. So she was really happy and excited that we decided to, you know, give a microbrewery a try. And so, so yeah, there, there were a few things. But, yeah, it just kind of grew organically.
3: Now, you talked about growing up your brew house size. You actually, I think it was a couple years ago, you moved into a new brewery location, upgraded your brewery size, correct?
5: Yeah. So what happened, uh, it was kind of a Reader's Digest version was... At the, the other place, we had to work with the restaurants there. So it was kind of a symbiotic business relationship in theory, right? But in in reality, um, it just didn't work out well for us as a microbrewery because we never had time with our customers. The only thing that we could do was just wholesale the beer to the restaurant. So we never got to see our customers face-to-face.
3: Um, oh, I see. There
5: okay. was a little bit of time between the two restaurants where we got – a little taste of managing the taproom, and we really enjoyed that. And that's kind of where what made us start looking for a different place. We looked for quite a few months, and we found a, a medium-sized building. It's, it's about three blocks north of where we were, and that's where um, it's just us here. We're able to essentially manage how, how our customer service, and nobody really altering or blocking us from doing what we want to do. And that was kind of the issue with the restaurant is, oh, you guys can't have music or we, we couldn't manage the bartenders there. So it, that's where we're really liking where we're at.
3: Yeah. That sounds like a difficult way to do business. Not really having control over your business. Sounds like a, you know, cause I looked at, uh, you know, looking up info on you guys. And I see you do a lot of fun stuff there. I saw you got some really nice looking soft baked pretzels too. And <laughs> I, I would love to. Yeah. I forget <laughs> you might bring so, that up. <laughs> yeah. Some good pretzels there, but, uh, you do like an open mic night, different stuff there, right?
5: Yeah, oh, yeah. we do open mic nights on Thursdays. And um, as far as the the last few months since the shutdown happened, we, we haven't done anything. But before, we usually had live music three or four nights a week. And I think that that was kind of a big thing was uh, Sep and I were both musicians. And we just you know wanted to bring live music back to Sheridan because for... I don't know, quite a few years. There just wasn't really any place to have regular live music. So that was kind of the cool part about having our own place because we were able to do kind of whatever we felt like doing.
1: Now, Tim, they have an event I think you would hate. They had like a, Tell I think me. it was called Tech Tech Free
3: Tuesday, where you could not use your phone <laughs> at all. I think Pass. you would right. explode. Pass. Right. <laughs> no, no t- you know what? Actually, I think an event like that would be good for me if I knew, hey, these are banned, like leaving in the car or something and go up there. But I'd probably have a nervous <laughs> breakdown.
4: You so. get a free beer out of the deal. so.
3: Okay. Yeah, all so right. Now we're out. talking. That could work
1: out there. So. So as long as we're talking to Johnny, what's what's your background in brewing?
4: Yeah, so I actually it's it's funny. The story kind of starts when Luminous opened up shop um over at the previous location. I actually worked with a marketing agency for the last seven years and we helped them with their rebrand. And I'm actually a new Seth, one of the the previous owners and founders with Cooley since I was a little kid. And uh It was just really kind of by happenstance that we met each other and we went through that rebrand process with those guys. And then I managed a ton of the marketing aspect and really fell in love with the, the mission that Seth and Cooley had for the brewery and for Luminous and just where it wanted to go, the live music aspect, and really just introducing something new to the Sheridan area through those creative beers and so i kind of just i sat there and was able to watch them do their thing and figure out who they were to the world and who they were to really shared in so i'd poke my head in and, and watch while they're doing their thing doing their brewing and really got a uh, a passion for craft breweries and just craft beer in general realizing that there's so many opportunities out there for beer and so I don't actually technically have any specific background in brewing, but just that love and that passion for craft beer and people.
3: You know, I don't really have any brewing experience either other than homebrewing experience, but really the passion is what it's all about. Exactly. That's it. Bring it to craft beer. Everybody has a good time. You'll listen to the Beer Guys radio show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon to talk more with Luminous Brewhouse. Luminous Brewhouse. you know we love good beer, and Athletic Brewing makes non-alcoholic beer that stands shoulder to shoulder with their boozy brethren. With a fraction of the calories and certified organic, it's a great beer to enjoy anytime.
1: Athletic's got new brews like Cerveza Athletica just in time for summer. Check out the full selection at athleticbrewing.com. Use code BG25 for 25% off your first order and U.S. customers get free nationwide shipping. Athletic Brewing, brew without compromise.
2: the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram
0: be the man you gotta beat the man Woo!
2: now back to the beer guys radio show
1: welcome back to beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kzwy hd4 94.9 fm and 106.3 fm in sheridan wyoming catch beer guys radio and kzwy hd4 every saturday at 10 a.m local time now let's get back to a conversation with Luminous Brewhouse.
3: Cooly johnny i've got a question for you and i'm going to use the beer that we're sipping right now to set this question up we have a local beer actually from wild heaven beer company and it is called attack of the killer tomato that is a smoked tomato saison and if you're a regular listener to beer guys radio you have definitely heard us talk about brian's sun-dried tomato and basil saison That's right he he so is. we did this and uh so johnny cooley whoever this is a better question for what's the craziest beer you've done at luminous
5: you know that's kind of a tough question when we first started we were trying all kinds of crazy stuff and part of it is you know the local base here just grew up with budweiser and coors um i think probably the um some of the wildest things we've done is a spruce tip beer so every spring we go and harvest spruce tips um one of the i can't remember what the style was but well, we brought a lava rock back from the Columbia River Gorge. It all heated up. Um, I think it was a caramel brown. We've done a lot of crazy stuff, but okay. nothing really outlandish.
4: One that we actually did here just recently was uh, we harvested, well, actually, honestly, a bunch of our customers harvested some dandelions up on the mountain, and we uh, we made a dandelion honey rye.
3: How did that come out?
4: It moved. It was actually the fastest moving beer we've ever oh, had in really? tap Really? Okay.
3: You know, I've heard a lot about like making dandelion wine and that. Uh, I have no idea what a dandelion tastes like. Brian, have you ever consumed dandelion?
1: Never intentionally. When I was a kid, we used to hack <laughs> down the tops off of dandelions. And if you yeah. ever, if you ever taste the sap, it is in, intensely bitter. All I have is childhood memories of it. I have. Did never you ever considered. measure the
3: IBUs?
1: I did not. No, I, no? I, no. Right now, okay. it might make a great IPA. I have no okay. idea that All dandelion right. sap. Yeah.
3: Well, Cooley, you'd mentioned that the, the drinkers there, they're kind of bud drinkers in that. Is that right?
5: Yeah, historically. And I think that that's where, you know, in our state, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. It's kind of a blessing that we're, compared to other states, we're a lot more new in the the microbrewery industry, which is really nice for us. And that's where, you know, people are starting to evolve to get a little bit more brave about the the flavors that they're wanting to pursue. They're starting to get excited about sour beers and bitter beers but that's where part of the curse was that you know they were used to have always just been surrounded by simple flavor beers which it's been really nice and i think that that's where the black tooth brewery here started in 2010 so they started uh, three years before we started and they really helped break the ice to start having people familiarize with different flavors and it's kind of a challenge but i think that the, the local community, they're starting, they've gone from being questionable, and now they're starting to embrace microbrewery beer. But you, we can't get as extreme as as some of the states that have had microbreweries for years.
0: So dude, does anybody ever um, walk in and say, I mean, Dandelion is interesting. Does anybody ever walk in and say, you know what, Have you want to try this? Do you want to make a beer? Do they ever give you any ideas or suggestions? Because with Southern Rusty badge, pork rinds, people will send out. Ideas like flavors and stuff, does anybody ever ask you to make something special for them
4: often
1: a <laughs> <laughs> pretty common right, thing yeah.
4: Yes, we get a lot of customers that are that you know we try to involve our customers in a lot of the things that we do when it comes to the brewery and some of the activities that we put together. but one of the biggest ones is just we're always taking that that feedback and that input from our customers because they're the ones that matter end of the day they're the ones that support us. So it's important for us to to be open to the ideas that they bring to the table and then put those into action.
3: That's what we have a lot of fun with the guests that we talk to, kind of giving our beer suggestions. And a lot of times, Brian likes to get a little crazy with it, give some ridiculous ideas. But we have had a couple that we've suggested that have came through or beer names, even at least beer names. We've thrown that out there, so it's a it's fun. I think if you're like you were talking about earlier, Johnny, the passion side of things. You know, Mm. you you look at that, you're passionate about beer, you're passionate about, uh, you know, what goes into your beer and, and the people that are making it. I bet there's been some times I've been annoying to brewmasters, Brian. Oh, I'm i sure. I
1: know for a fact yeah. some of my recommendations have been almost defensive to the people that were seeing them. As they should have been. Yeah. They were terrible
3: <laughs> suggestions. And oh, yeah. I
1: told them, it's like, I'm going to let you know. Yeah. This is
3: a horrible idea up front. Let's see, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that, you know, though you talk about it there, Cooley, with introducing people to the beer scene. And we've, we've grown up, Brian and I have grown up with that here in Georgia because – uh our beer laws really just the last three to five years changed to allow a more open, you know, craft brewing thing. And we've had, of course, the pioneers that have been doing it 25, 30 years or what have you. Uh, but we really just really came into our beer scene, say three to five years ago. And uh, there's a lot of fun, you know, to be in part of that, to be in part of the changing things, to introducing people to those beers. You know, there's fun to sitting down with geeks who know this and that, and, and can talk it, but introducing it to someone, I think is probably more fun. For me, absolutely, yeah.
1: I have to wonder about like the uh, one, one or two like Sheridan super uber beer geeks are like, when are you coming out with your pastry stouts? For? Where are the New England ice? It? Always, <laughs> and, always it's yeah. the hazies, man. Got to oh, yeah. do it. Well, so what are the crispy boys and everybody's like, what?
3: What? <laughs> yeah. Now you know we talked about it. One that I think I consider, I don't even know if this is really that crazy anymore. Chili beers are not that insane, no, right? Not- but uh, you have a Pueblo green chili ale. That's uh, that's kind of one of your standards. Is that right? Correct.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's it's one that we've you know we've tried diff- every different types of chilies and and that's where uh, we you know tried raw or baked or and so we found a lady data in Pueblo, Colorado that actually roasts the chilies and so we get half green and half red, partly for the aroma and the spice. And then we get it roasted so i think that that's where we've got a really unique aroma and flavor and uh i've drank a lot of chili beers and of course i'm biased but i think that we've got a a really solid chili beer and a lot of customers really like that too yep
4: we actually get quite a few people that come up from puebla colorado that are almost offended because their friends tell them that we have the best pueblo chili beer.
3: Oh yes, yes I <laughs> can imagine. How that. dare you? How dare you? Right?
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, they they so, come up and they try it, and they're they're always walking away like, "Yep,
3: so, you know, like they did it." They're you like, know, oh, "They weren't lying about that." Either. Atlanta, I don't think it's big on <laughs> chilies like that. People like hot stuff, but not like. No. The, there was a place in Decatur that it had a green chili, like a Hatch Green Chili Festival each year, and they would actually have this big drum out, that they would fire roast these chilies and crank this drum around and fire roast them in there. And then they would make all kinds of different foods and beers and everything with these chilies. Man, those hatch but, green chilies. Love those. Yeah. But yeah. it's not as big of a deal here. There's small pockets that really get into it, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as it is out West.
1: So what is the secret to getting the most out of your, your chilies in a beer? Are you seriously dry chili your beer?
3: Is that how it works or...
4: We do. We actually, uh, we blend it up into almost a salsa.
3: Oh, okay. All right. All right. So do you ever take the almost a salsa and serve it alongside the beer like a little tortillas and sauce and say hey, this is what's going on your beer
4: <laughs> we haven't approached that yet no
3: see we're
1: we're <laughs> always go.
3: full of great ideas here for guys. that we're there for, it.
1: for that pretzel day you bring that salsa with that uh the beer yeah. or the pretzels made from the wort for that chili beer and then you've got the circle
3: of life on your plate you know? oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> you do it's uh, it's it's great put some of the chilies <laughs> right in the batter there with that. So it's it's going to be a good time. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, I was going to ask something we were talking about. I talked about my trip to Denver. Do you have, is there a large Native American population up in your area?
4: Yes, there is.
3: The, well, the reason I was asking is because going down there, we were talking about chilies and I ate a restaurant in Denver called Tokabi. Okay. That was a Native American restaurant and they had a green chili stew. Do you ever look to that for inspiration? Cause that seems like kind of an untapped thing for you know flavors of beer bringing in some of the of the native american stuff
4: we haven't but we do get quite a few native american customers that come down in fact just today and the first thing he looked for was the chili so
3: okay there you go more to explore there smart absolutely good stuff we're listening to beer guys radio show we do need to take another break but we'll be back soon to talk more with luminous brew house and tim the beer guys if you're like us no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer which is why truck and tap in downtown woodstock alpharetta and duluth are
1: always on our list tim why do they call it truck and tap well the tap part is easy brian they've got 18 of them as for the truck part that's where it gets interesting truck and tap features your favorite atlanta area food trucks so you're getting a different menu every day truck and tap in downtown woodstock alpharetta and duluth TruckandTap.com. tap.com let them know that the beer guys sent you
2: Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show.
1: Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Guys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Luminous
3: Brewhouse. Cooley, I was looking at some information on your uh, on your distribution footprint. And I think what I found was a little bit outdated, and it said you were in uh, Sheridan and Cheyenne at the time. How, how far out does Luminous go?
5: We were down in Cheyenne a few, well, what is it, four years ago. That's when we were doing just, just wholesaling. That was before we moved to our new place. So essentially that shifted. At our last location, all we did was 100% wholesale. So that allowed us to distribute a lot further but what we were having a problem with is distribution is even a self-distributing. It, it just, it, it's a struggle to make it enough to make ends meet. Revenue, so,
3: sure, absolutely. Yeah, enough
5: revenue. And so that's what, you know, among so many decisions uh, drove us to find a, another location where we could have our own tap room and, and focus on the tap room. So since then, you know, we pulled back from the Cheyenne area. So we, for the last three years, have had three counties and, and now since the recent shutdown we, we just focused on tap room until all that stuff blows over. I think we're we're probably sticking with three counties, but it's kind of small for, for a microbrewery. But it, it's kind of what we like to do. And part sure. of the thing is is our tap room, they consume so much beer that we don't have enough the ability to make enough beer to, to really spread much further than that.
3: That's a fine problem to have. Yeah. Indeed. Serve it all in temper. And that's like, we were talking a little bit on the break about beer laws and that. You mentioned self-distribution. We can't do that here in Georgia. Our brewers can't do that. You know, self-distribution is not allowed. And, And just within the last few years, we've been able to sell from the tap room. And there's definitely breweries that, you know, at their size, it just doesn't make sense to go into distribution. People are packing their tap room, especially when you could pack a tap room you know, and going out there. But a lot of our places here is, uh, you know, they've transitioned to curbside pickup order online, do this and that. So what have you guys done in the, in the face of all this COVID stuff? How is uh, luminous handling that?
4: Yeah. So back when uh, the initial shutdown kind of started back, what mid-March, we definitely had to close up the tap room and we switched over to selling strictly crowlers and growlers. Our city actually passed an emergency ordinance for alcohol delivery so we started rolling with that and then they actually just passed it permanently. So we'll actually be able to deliver alcohol permanently in the, in the city, at least. Um, so
1: jealous. Yeah, Silver right. So, so jealous. Jealous. kind of crazy.
4: So, but no, we actually, we were able to reopen the tap room here at the end of May. So we've been rocking and rolling in the tap room and, It's been awesome just to see the amount of people that have come back out. Wyoming is a little bit of an interesting scenario compared to many states being the least populated, making us the rarest Americans, I always like to say. Um,
3: Yes, rare (laughs) is good. Yeah. And you haven't been hit too hard by covid in wyoming is that correct i think i heard you were one of the better states
4: yeah yeah right now we're sitting you know unfortunately there has been some deaths in the state but it's it's at a relatively low number at about 34
3: okay we're in georgia only 34 so so we don't want to talk about it yeah we we don't want to talk about it because uh, here in georgia crazy stuff yep
1: so we can't move on you know be done with this until we talk about the white ipa I haven't seen a white IPA in ages. I haven't had one in ages. And I think a lot of people may have forgotten what is the difference between a white IPA and a hazy New England IPA. What is the difference?
4: Yeah, so the white IPA, it's pretty unique. Um, So to get into the history of our white IPA, our sales representative, Jeff Boleg, he was tasked with coming up with an idea for a beer. And he wanted to go for the white IPA style and pair it with the pineapple. Thus our three dog pineapple white IPA. So the concept is to really take that classic American IPA and marry it with the more of the Belgian wit style, right? So you end up with a really crisp, refreshing IPA that's not super high on that hoppy character. It's still there, very presence heavy, but much more crisp, finishes smooth. And yeah, totally different from that, the new style, obviously the hazy but so, yeah,
3: it's, I think I I feel like maybe northeast and hazy IPAs are almost a uh, evolution. They kind of are, yeah. Of the white IPA because the white IPA, you know, you had the wheated, you know, like you said, merging the 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 wheat beer and the IPA style that brought that little bit of. Haze to you it. You remember so. that yep. the sweet water was at Whiplash? Sure. Yeah. I,
1: I love that so much. And it that's was good, man. here for a year and completely gone the next. See what it's happens? Amazing. You
3: do something simple like a yeah. little wheat and an IPA. And next thing you know, you got milkshake, <laughs> glitter, strawberry, banana <laughs> <behind>. <laughs> IPA. So. Do you
1: know where the, the white IPA came from, Tim? It's older than you might think. I don't. You tell me, Brian. It's from 2010. It was originally created as a collaboration
3: between Deschutes and Boulevard. Okay. So see, th- yeah. I, you said older than I, I think. That's 10 years, Brian. You, you've let me. <laughs> down because i thought you were going to tell me something like back in 1492 when columbus that's right over, he <laughs> well brought, he did have an early precursor to that he had some of the yeast
1: <laughs> on board with him no i mean i i think of that as being like a 2014 13 when did we do atlantarctica Atlanta, which was my version it was oh, a, I don't remember. a belgian what was it belgian it was a Belgian double double white, du- IPA, white like ipa yeah a white ipa belgian white ipa that had a lot of different characters i think i might have been redundant in some of that but the idea was to blend three instead of blending two but yes 2010 between okay.
3: Boulevard and Deschutes. Good stuff. Good both stuff. people
1: we both breweries
3: we've had on the show. We have. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Well, guys, we talked a little bit about a few of your beers here, but what are your flagships? What is a uh, what beers are Luminous most known for?
4: Yeah, well, like you said, you know, the, the Chili actually right. became one of our flagships. Um and it has such a Prominent following that we actually had to make a a shirt for our chili beer drink is called Chiluminati. So, shout out to our Chiluminati group. Oh my gosh, (laughs) they do exist. (laughs) exist. (laughs)
1: Um,
4: But no, we have that. And then we also have the uh, Black Mountain Coffee Stout, where we're actually cold brewing beer in a local coffee company in town um, over a 24 hour period. And we cycle that back into the fermentation. Super distinct, strong coffee flavor. It's definitely not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. And then we have our Uphill Red Ale, and that's going to be much more of your classic red ale, super malty, refreshing. I actually, it's, it's been one of my favorite beers forever. And then we have our High Country IPA, which kind of marries that, that pine with the nice, refreshing citrus notes so that one and we have our half speed so you know you talk about a a culture in wyoming that's been heavily focused on budweiser and coors we had to have something that was a little bit of an introduction to craft beer so thus the half speed cream ale was born out of necessity for that so
3: okay i'm down with that see i think i'm I think I'm the only one here on the team that is like a fan of creamals okay. in, in all their iterations. Brian, I think you kind of tolerate them, right? I tolerate them.
1: I think they're a great delivery vehicle for
3: coffee. They're flavor. fantastic. Yeah. Coffee and and like fruit flavors yeah. mixed with that. Yeah. they're they're really. I'm a fan of the Ale, especially good old jenny cream. Mm. You know, jenny, I don't hate Guinness. <laughs> that's for that's, sure. That's, I do not good, hate Jenny cream. Your grandpa's beer. That's still a tasty beer. That's for that's right. good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Johnny, do you guys get into like we were talking about the super hazy? you know, fruited milkshaking Northeast IPAs now, that, has that made it to Sheridan?
4: Oh, it's making its way for sure, especially okay. in Montana. You, you're seeing it a little bit more. It's gonna trickle down into Wyoming. Um, we've got some ideas kind of kicked around. Actually a good friend of ours, uh, Travis Zielstra, up in Billings, Montana, who actually started out down at Blacktooth Brewing Company in Sheridan, he works at a company called By All Meads. And he's really he he actually sent down a, a pallet worth of beer for us to sample, and one of those was um, a couple milkshake, but they actually called them malt shake ipa
3: okay all right okay cool Cool. now we also saw some information on what you call the wild collections that's that's w y l d what is the wild collection
4: so the wild collection we we were talking about the dandelion honey rye and the spruce tip okay and the the concept there is to pull the things that we can get locally um so we had the spruce tip the dandelion honey rye and then we actually have a family in town just north of sheridan that they actually have wild grown hops so we, we grab those okay, and it's a cool. uh, soft focus pale ale. All of those are utilizing ingredients that are accessible to us in the local region.
3: See, that's, that's cool. I love using the local stuff, getting yeah. into it like that. We have a, we have a couple places here that have done like foraged beers
1: and okay. some amount of that actually goes to charity too, right? Is that what you said? Or did I miss that?
4: No, we haven't. Well, we did actually with the Spruce Tips, some of those did go back over to the Sheridan Community Land Trust. Sorry, you had to jog my memory there for a moment. Okay. But, um, I was like, Brian's blocking yeah, you yeah, out yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, Johnny, I, know, right? I know, I know. I, was I, was know. There, I, was I like, got distracted oh, wait, yeah, no, by
3: beer. Did, I couldn't tell if you
1: said something yeah. or not. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> no, the uh, Sheridan Community Land Trust actually was a huge partner. They're they're doing massive things in Sheridan and, and uh, really opening up opportunities for Shared Knights to get out and about and enjoy our public lands that we have. And with a spruce tip was a huge part of that where we actually did donate some of the, the proceeds that we got from the sales of that beer over to the, uh, sharing community land trust. So
1: that's great. So if people want to keep up with what you guys are doing, where should they go?
4: You know, you can always check us out on Instagram. It's luminous brew house and same for Facebook. Yeah. We'd love to see anybody's responses to you coming in and trying our beers enjoying our culture that we have, you know, the biggest thing, like I said, people, if it's not for our customers and not for our community supporting us, then we, we wouldn't be where we are today, you know, and we do take such a amount of time to communicate with our customers and, and take their input into what we do. So um, check us out there, stop by the brewery and, and hang out with us.
3: Well, thanks guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the beer guys radio show. Join us next week as we talk with second self beer company. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's
0: mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. Hmm, What else? Uh, Your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.